Hola, como estas? For all my Spanish speakers, I think that meant hello. Como, como estas? How are you? Yeah, like what's up? Yeah. Oh, what's up? Like, how, how are you? No, but how are you? Yeah. Okay. So obviously, I nor Porsche are fluent Spanish. Que pasa? Is what's up? There que you pasa? go. Yeah. Que pasa? Or que paso? Welcome to Word Today. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about should pastors get paid? So we're going to talk about Joel Osteen's nice house and Creflo Dollar's jet and, uh, you know, the Baptist pastors with the Lincolns and because uh, that's just another stereotype about pastors and, and being of affluence. Mm. So we're just going to talk about should pastors be Page, should they be getting fat checks? Okay, mm-hmm. Paso. Oh my. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Arguments for. <laughs> so we're gonna go through arguments for people that say pastors should get paid, and we'll go through some arguments that people that for people that say pastors should not get paid, and then we'll try to land this plane at some point. You yes. know, between. Pastors getting paid and pastors not getting paid. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You did. It's okay, though. It's okay. Let's do this. All right. We're so hype, right? (laughs) (laughs) Many people say if you love your pastor and and love your God, then why wouldn't you want him to have a salary? So... The pastor is so th- there's a whole little thing with this, and um, but I, we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to that at the end. Okay, another argument. So that was argument four. Yes. Oh, here's another argument four. The pastor is to be expected to visit nursing homes or sick beds during during the day. Um, how can he do that if he's a full time pastor? Or you know, there's a scripture that talks about giving. So says, oh, if you give to the man of God, it produces blessings in your own life. Mm-hmm. So that's reasons for forgiving. Arguments okay. for pastors getting paid. Arguments against. If he is a true man of God, he should be in the ministry because he loves Jesus and not for a paycheck. Yeah. Pastors shouldn't be like payola, like the radio station. So come with a music business background and music industry background. There's a thing called payola. It's illegal, but you would pay these DJs to play your music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one argument is against is like, is this payola? You know, it's kind of like, um, am I paying for my blessing? Right? Am I paying for God's acknowledgement by pastor receiving this salary or, you know, a nice sum of money? Um, so is it, you know, pastor payola? Mm-hmm. Um, another argument against is, you know, pastors buy airplanes. Like I mentioned, Creflo Dollar came out a lot of, under a lot of heat mm-hmm. for um, raising money to buy another airplane. Uh, and, you know, they drive nice cars while the congregation is struggling. So that's an argument against. People say, pastor's bankrolling. He's in a fat caddy, mm-hmm. you know, in a nice four-bedroom house with the two jacuzzis. Mm-hmm. And we out here, you know, eating ramen noodles. <laughs> Um, so why is he getting bankroll? So that's an argument against. You want to read the last argument against? Cool. Why can't he be my pastor um, and work a job like everyone else? Why can't he be average folk? Why can't he be average folk? If I can work a job, he should be able to work a job, right? You know, if I work a job, live my life, do every, take care of my family, do what I got to do. Why can't Reverend Dr. Bishop 
evangelist, apostle, you know, get a job at Target too. You can manage a Target. Well, let's find out. Let's find out. Let's, talk, let's find out. You, I was trying to keep them. them I know. Them I know, rolling. but I'm excited. <laughs> excited. Get to the meat. Are you? You just like all right, all right, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, arguments against uh, again. Number one, if he is a true man of God, he should be in the ministry because he loves Jesus and not for a paycheck. So. That's the first argument against, and here is a scripture supporting that argument, right? Acts 8, 7, starting at verse 17. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also the ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in the ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord and hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. So here in Acts 8, there Peter's praying for people and the other disciples are praying for people. Holy Spirit is falling and there's just a massive move of God. Mm-hmm. So someone is like, man, this is powerful. This is amazing. How much? You know, I would love to be able to have a massive move of God like this. How much can I pay you for the Holy Spirit? And Peter rebukes him and says, basically, let your money die with you because God ain't for sale. So, can't buy everything. Can't buy everything. All right. Another argument against. All right. Number two, pastors buy airplanes and drive nice cars while the congregation is struggling. Joel Austin comes under fire for having a lavish house and being a millionaire, careful dollar, came under attack for raising money for a new plane. So as we stated earlier, you know, another argument against is like, hey, I'm at the crib eating ramen, top ramen. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Struggling. You know, having to believe for my light bill to get paid and water bill to get paid. And, uh, you know, this pastor is on TV trying to raise money for a jet. How about he fly over here and help me with some of these bills? <laughs> yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so that's an argument against, right? It is. All right. This is getting fun. This I like this. This is good. All right. Number three. Why can't he be my pastor and work a job like everyone else? First Timothy three, uh, the English standard version is basically talking about the qualifications for an overseer. Mm-hmm. Um, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, Able to teach, not a drunken, not violent, but gentle, <laughs> not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Can't be sipping that cognac. <laughs> Can't so be not drunk. Not a drunkard. So not, he can he so he can sip a little bit of that cognac, but he just can't be like says self-controlled, sober-minded, <laughs> all in one, all in one. Well, what you doing sipping that yak? No. Okay. Sipping tea. Sipping tea. <laughs> Sipping tea. So it can't be not a drunkard, not violent, 
Can't be smacking the congregation across the forehead. Not gentle. Gentle. Not quarrelsome. Not quarrelsome. Always fighting. And not. Mm-hmm. Can't be fighting the choir all not the time. A, not a lover of money. Not a lover of money. You bringing it back, back around? Hey, it says it. Scripture says it. Not a lover of money. So why can't the pastor be like me as the third argument against and work a job? You know, First Timothy 3, right? You know, can't be a lover of money. So you can't be in there trying to, you know, can't be a lover of money. Um, it's not a situation like the first argument where you're trying to, you, you can't, you're not buying God. He said, let your, you know, your money perish with you. So you can't buy God. And here it's saying like, yo, pastor can't be a lover of money. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't be someone that's like, man, I'm in love with the dollar. And if I wasn't getting paid, I wouldn't be preaching. Mm-hmm. And these don't even go into the specific task of a pastor. This is just the character he has to uphold as point. an overseer. Mm-hmm. So just think about how we need to keep our character up. And this is the character of an overseer. And then you add all of the other work we're going to go through that he has to do as a pastor. So go ahead. All right. Nice. So when I answer a couple of these um or just pose some questions on these arguments that are against. And then we'll get into the arguments for, so we kind of represent both sides here. Um, but one of the arguments against, and we try to, when we were picking these, we want to pick the most common that yes. are heard all the time. So I'm sure there is 50 more reasons why for and against by the end of this. Please leave a comment or shoot us an email at wordtoday.com org at gmail.com but prefer you just leave a comment below um on you know your arguments for your arguments against and your yeah. thoughts we'd love to hear from you um any and other scriptures you find any other scriptures you find like a good friend of mine kyle when we did the one on tithing he brought up hebrews you know um a scripture that we didn't mention in the tithing video actually we can't mention every single scripture but this one was a phenomenal scripture um, about God receiving a tithe in heaven as we give it to Ben. So kudos to Kyle. If you're watching this dope comment, man, appreciate you. Um, he's a cool guy. And uh, so love to hear your comments. Please leave comments, email, call us, carry a pigeon, smoke signal, send something. <laughs> um, so why can't he be my pastor and work a job like you like the smoke signal? Uh, why can't he be my pastor and work a job like everyone else? So the first question we'd like to pose is, isn't being a pastor a full-time job? Isn't, you know, why don't we consider that a full-time job? You know, not saying the question isn't valid. I believe the question is 100% valid, but why isn't pastoring a full-time job? Um, You know, if a pastor is expected to visit you in the nursing home or in the hospital Mm -hmm. or take your call at 2 a.m. or talk to your children. You know, I know I've been asked tons of time to speak to children, to counsel um, marriages and do all of these various tasks. And I'm not even, and I wasn't even a senior pastor, right? So if pastors are expected to be available to help with the life and guide the life of the mm-hmm. congregation, then why wouldn't that be considered um a full-time job yep you know so makes us think that if we consider being a doctor a full-time job and they're trying to heal our body why wouldn't being a mm-hmm. pastor be a full-time job if they're trying to 
heal our souls. So if we're people of faith and we believe that there's a higher power out there, God, um, we believe in Jesus Christ and that the eternal life is forever and our physical life is only 80 years, 100 years, 120 years max, according to the word of God, wouldn't the million, trillion, billion years uh, in the afterlife be more important than just the 80, 100, 120 years here? So the person that made sure that we got to the right place for an eternity, so I'm like, that would be the most important job on the planet. So why wouldn't we consider, just to answer this question, why can't he be my passion worker job like everyone else? Why wouldn't we consider being a pastor a full-time mm. job? Time is put into it. <laughs> Mo like multiple hours are put into mm -hmm. being a pastor. Like it's almost like put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Put yourself in pastor's shoes. Think about all of the duties of a church. Like really just sit down and think about each ministry and, and what they have to go through. The Every resource, like it's so many things that come to being a pastor. And I think people forget that. And they just almost in a way get a little selfish, just a little bit, you know, but okay. Go on. I'm going ahead. Okay. Um, the side, you just fan you. You just got, you just not, went, she went into gonna, the zone. I'm not gonna, yeah. Uh, really back. Really back. So the size of the church, um, building and the congregation determine the duties. So she's, you know, she was talking about, she was talking about the duties, um, of the pastor. And we're talking about why can't he work a job? So, a lot of pastors do work jobs. Um, they have, they do a full-time job as well as pastoring and some aren't, you know, pastoring is their full-time job. And I think that really depends on the size of the church. You know, if you have a church of 50 people, you probably could work a full-time job because you only have 50 people's problems, marriages and kids, which is a lot of people, but you might be able to juggle that in a full-time job. But if you're mentioning Joel Osteen, a church of 30,000 people mm -hmm. and their problems, yes, you have other ministers that are helping with that and other pastors and other elders, but you're still involved and you still have to manage their problems and their lives and their, cause they're people too. Um, so the size of the church, I think would yeah. determine the workload. And if that pastor would even have the ability to successfully pastor and make sure you know, your kid gets off of drugs or your marriage doesn't fall apart or you don't slip deeper into depression or you praying with your grandmother or your mother in the hospital and do all those pastoral duties um, successfully. So and it also determines um, the people in the church. Are the people faithful tithers? Are the people willing to give to yeah. the pastor and take care of him? Some churches, the people find it their duty to take care of their man of God. And I would say I feel the same way. Just to, I feel the same way. The people should take care of the pastor. But yeah, some churches take care of the pastor and he's doing good they're doing good some people have you have churches where everybody is working a job that pays good money and they're just able to give good tithing and the church is just flowing and going and growing you have some churches where everybody is struggling paycheck to paycheck you barely got this you barely got that so again it just determines the church yeah and that, that brings us into a, a good point about 
relationship with the church and the pastor, um, a lot of times, you know, if you go to a, a, a large church, a mega church, one of my complaints and gripes have been is that I want to have a relationship, a personal relationship with my pastor, my man of God, right? So if you are my pastor, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to be able yes. to call you and not feel like I'm disturbing your life. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to maybe talk to you on a Sunday or on a middle yeah. week service. Uh, be nice if not all the time, but maybe once a year, we actually went out somewhere and mm -hmm. had a discussion or talked or once every six months, you know, I realize I'm not the only person in the mm -hmm. church, but it'd be nice yeah. to be able to actually have a There's real fellowship relationship. So mm -hmm. I think that becomes more difficult if you working the 40 hour, 50 hour job at Target, right? And then mm -hmm. you still are managing a church full of people and problems and, yeah. and I think, I think it becomes hard to have a personal relationship with every single person and still raise your own kids and still have yeah. your own wife yes, and family and still work your own <laughs> job. And now you have to deal with my crap, right? So Yeah, and then it's also taking the people of the church when the pastor can't do stuff because of him working. It takes other people to step up. So are you willing to step up to do the things the pastor can't do if he oh, is wow. working? Like, I didn't even think of that. Yes, thank you, Lord. But... I mean, responsibility is responsibility. Whether who the pastor is or who the people are, there's still duties to, for the church that need to be done. So as the member of the church, it being yeah. your church, are you willing to step up to do stuff the pastor is not? doesn't have time to do? Like he's a human too. He needs sleep. He has a family. He needs to keep his health in check, you know? So a lot to think about, baby. Good point. <laughs> First Timothy five, chapter five, seventeen through eighteen. That's just another supporting scripture. Seventeen elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. For the scriptures say, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And another place, those who work deserve their pay. So, this scripture is saying, hey man. If he's a good pastor, he's a good teacher, why not pay him? So then the question kind of becomes, how much should you pay him, right? So if the scripture's saying, hey, don't muzzle an ox as he treads out the grain. So they used to have these oxes that would work treading out grain. So there's, and as the ox worked to, to tread out the grain, they were able to eat like the grain on the ground or the droppings, right? So, um, like uh, the scripture says, even, you know, dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. So they were able to baby, blah, blah, blah. They're able mm. to eat the crumbs. Right. So, but what are the crumbs or what are the, what is the grain? So how much is enough and how much is too much? So the second, um, kind of thing against or comment against was passing buying airplanes and driving nice cars while the congregation is struggling. And, Two of the biggest names that kind of came up in the study was, or one of the biggest names was Joel Osteen. He has the largest church in America. I think it's like somewhere upwards of 30,000 people. And he has a nice house and, and is doing well for himself. So as we kind of dig and research into this, you find out that Joel Osteen actually doesn't take a paycheck from the church and haven't in years and years and years in a very, very, very long time. 
and that he makes his money from, you know, he's an author, he writes books and he makes a lot of his money from writing books and maybe he does other side gigs, maybe like mm-hmm. motivational speaking or something, yeah, but he, he actually doesn't take a check from the church and he doesn't ask for money on air. Um, like some of these kind of televangelists ask for money, you know, send me, you know, a check to this PO box. He doesn't do this. Um, and he doesn't take a check from the church. So he literally does work a job. He works, you know, and earns his own money. So I guess for all of those that are like, man, Joel Osteen is bankrolling. He, he should be cause he actually he's making his own money. He's making his own <laughs> money. So fun little fact, um, that, um, about Joel Osteen mm-hmm. and about pastors with jets and their own airplanes. <clears throat> so I just posed this question. I think it's a legitimate question to say, Hey, mm-hmm. these pastors buying airplanes and you know, maybe the congregation is struggling. Uh, for one, I guess if the congregation is struggling, there probably won't be finances enough for the pastor to buy the airplane. Kind of like you were saying earlier, if you live in an area and you have a hundred people going to your church and it's a poor area, you know, you might not be able to get an airplane is the farthest thing from your mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> airplane, yeah. Mm-hmm. Keeping your congregants safe and and food on their on their tables is probably gonna be the primary um goal. And do you have some bad pastors out there? I'm I'm sure because there is no um like legal license you have to have to become a pastor, right? So you can be an atheist or a con artist. Um, and say, hey, I'm a Christian and con people. So, but that's probably less than 1% of 1% of 1%. Um, and I think people that are doing that, they they get exposed pretty quickly and shut down pretty quickly because yeah. no one goes there or supports them. And, and they got to deal with that with God because mm-hmm. he holds that highly yeah. accountable to people. Like, it's almost like the blood is on your hands a little bit. But um, Yeah, and that's just true. We were meeting with a friend tonight at Kona Grill, which is a dope mm-hmm. little place um, at North Star mm-hmm. Mall here in San Antonio and highly recommend that they're friendly people. The yellowtail tuna was great, food. great food. And we're talking about pastors and stuff being held accountable for um, any wrong they do to a higher standard, the Bible says, than anyone else. So if anyone ever did cheat you and they were calling themselves a minister or pastor, know that there's literally a hell to pay, right? They're having to gain the hell to pay and they have to answer to God for that. Um, and the Jets, talking about the Jets, mm-hmm. uh, I find it interesting that if a CEO of a big firm has a jet, we don't really make a whole lot of noise about it if he's flying around to promote his wares or his product. But if a pastor has a jet flying around to promote Jesus, Mm-hmm. which to me is a far better product to promote, right? If we want to compare it, I mean, Jesus is not a product. He's our Lord and Savior, but a far better message to promote than just trying to sell the next set of TVs or iPhones or nothing against iPhone. I love iPhones. We're recording this on a, um Apple product. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's far better for someone to fly around and preach Jesus than it is to fly around and hawk wares. And that's, there's nothing wrong with hawking wares, but, um, if we're not upset with people flying around to hawk wares, I wonder why we're so upset about people flying around to, um, my belly's rumbling here, rumbling here, but flying around to talk about Jesus. And some might say, because it's my money that they're using to buy the jet. But in both cases, it's your money. 
you know. I was about to say, the CEO got to pay you. So. Well, well, if, you know, we just we're talking about, you know, if the CEO of Apple is flying around to promote iPhones or a new iPad or a new Apple Watch, um, it's us who bought the Apple Watches yeah. and the iPhones and the iPads and the iMacs. Mm-hmm. So it's our money that he's doing it with, right? Yeah. So in either case, it's okay, it's 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 our money. So if yeah. we're okay with someone flying around, and and I'm just using Apple. I think Apple's a great company, but any company, right? They're mm-hmm. they're entrepreneurs, and we're supporting them. And if we're okay with that, I'm wondering, you know, why aren't we okay with giving our money to church and letting him promote the message of Jesus Christ? Anyway, yeah. and he can edify us. All right, arguments four. Uh, going back to number two, giving to the man of God produces blessings in my own life. <laughs> so funny. I was just about to talk on this, but uh, okay. Matthew 10 and 41 says, if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. Boom. So talking about one of the arguments for that, if you give... To a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. And that just means that, you know, if someone says, hey, man, I'm a minister of God and you say, hey, let me, you know, bless you financially or let me give you a cheeseburger because you're the man of God or you're a woman of God, a prophetess or minister or pastor, that God blesses you as he would bless them Mm -hmm. because you're supporting the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, um. One of the things says if he's a true man of God, he should be in the ministry because he loves Jesus and not for a paycheck. That was one of the arguments against. So 1 Corinthians 9, 9 through 14 says this. For the law of Moses says, once again, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us. So that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? If you support others who preach you, preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. So you see this argument going on even there where they're saying, Hey, we have a right. If we're sowing spiritual seed in you, we have a right to a physical harvest, whether that's food or whatever type of support. And he says, but we struggle cashing in on this because we don't want to be an obstacle and stumbling block to you. But it says, don't you realize that those who work Mm -hmm. in the temple get their meals from the offerings bought to the brought to the temple. So it's saying basically people that work for the church are sustained by the offerings that come to the church because they still have cell phone bills, light bills, mortgages, what have you. And if they're working in ministry to feed the community, help the community, you know, serve the people of the church, then that literally is their job. I'd say 14 says it. <laughs> yeah. So 14 in the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. So if you benefit from the preaching and the teaching um, or the support, then the Lord is saying they have a right to benefit from it. All right. Another supporting scripture, 
Philippians 4, 14 through 19. This is the New Living Translation. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica. Oh, Thessalonica. 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 With the, hanging with the Thessalonians. Okay. What up the Thessalonicans? <laughs> you sent help more than once. <laughs> I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with. Okay, these words, Jesus. With Epaphroditus. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't write the Bible. I I didn't name this kid. This it dude. makes me get articulated with him. Okay. The, they are a sweet smelling sacrifice <laughs> that is acceptable and pleasing, pleasing to God. God. And this same God who <laughs> takes care of me will supply all your needs from this, his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So, um, Epaphroditus. Hey, I am not yeah. ashamed to not know these words. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am still learning too. Thank you. So, um, but can you imagine, like, babe, what are we going to name this kid? Uh, Aprophoditis. Aprophoditis. <laughs> and we're going to, where are we going to live? Thessalonica. <laughs> they, like, they're, they're, the names <laughs> sound cool. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. And here they're just talking about being generous. And he yeah. says, you take care of, God is just saying, you take care of my people, the men and women of God, then I'll take care of you according to my riches and glory. So it makes you wonder how rich is God, right? The Bible says cattle on a thousand mm-hmm. hill. Basically like God created gold, right? He, yes. So he's filthy rich. So you take care of his people. He'll take care of you. All right. So I'm going to be the viewers questioning him. Okay. So if I can't pay my bills, why should I pay my pastor? Good question, viewer. Thank you. Thank you. Uh- <laughs> So uh, here the answer would be simple. Tithes and offerings are mandated by God. Now, should your tithes and offerings that you give to the church, should a portion of that be cut away to pay the pastor? Well, that's up to you and the church. Like say, Joel Osteen doesn't take a salary. It's not wrong to. We've seen, you know, in different scriptures from different um, authors in the Bible that it's okay for a pastor to be paid and actually that they should be paid and taken care of. If they're showing, sowing into us spiritually, then they have a right to reap from us financially. Cause they, once again, if they're full-time pastors and they're, you know, there for us and the congregation and the community at large, then that is their job and they, they should be paid. We shouldn't expect them to starve and right. not be able to feed their wife and kids or husband and kids because we're, um, stingy. Okay. <laughs> you're providing nourishment for my soul. I yeah. want to make sure you're properly taken care of so that you can keep nourishing me. Mm-hmm. All right. So if my pastor is not being a good pastor, as a good pastor should, does he still deserve pay? Well, that's a good question, viewer. 
Uh, and we do want your, please continue to send in questions yes. and send in questions. Leave them in the comments or just email us at wartoday.org at gmail.com. And please, as uh, Porsche would say, love, um, subscribe and share. Oh, did we introduce ourselves? I think we just kind of jumped into we this. Yeah, we just expected everybody to know who we are. We, we're famous <laughs> now, if you didn't know that. We've, you know, we've since this reboot, we've done like three or four of these things. So. If you don't know by now, then come on, man. You should know us. We're so important. <laughs> uh, and of course, we're joking. Um, but well, what question were we? If my pastor's not being what a good pastor should be, does he still deserve to get paid? We go off on tangents. Y'all got to work with this. Um, so good is very, very subjective, I think, right? Yes. If my kid runs out in the street and I spank him to teach him not to go in the street, if you that if you were to ask him immediately after that, is your daddy good? He probably would say no, right? Mm -hmm. So, good is very very subjective. Um, but if you know you go years and you're like, I'm not really getting spiritually fed. My pastor isn't there to support me. There's no support system here, um, and not that he's not telling me what I want to hear. Because a pastor should never tell you what you want to hear. They should always challenge you. Everything a pastor tells you should be pushing you and pulling you to get better and to think bigger. Mm -hmm. um, but if at the end of the day, you know, you feel like, hey, this isn't the right pastor and church for me, still pay your tithes and offerings. Um, but look, consider going to a different church, finding a different church where you are being challenged not told the, I've talked to people and they're like, well, I didn't want to go to that church because they were, you know, telling me stuff I didn't want to hear. I've literally had people tell me that. Um, so they went somewhere where they were always telling them things they wanted to hear. And to me, that's yeah. dangerous and scary. It's mm -hmm. kind of like playing in the street. I don't want to hear not to play in the street and that it's, you know, I get hit by a bus. So instead of going somewhere that would challenge me to be safer, just going somewhere that says, oh, you're okay playing in the street. That's mm -hmm. To me, that's scary and dangerous. So yeah. a good pastor is subjective. If you, someone's correcting you and you don't consider them good for the correction, that's one thing. But at the end of the day, if you don't think it's a good church, still tithe and offer, you know, still go there, still pay your tithe, still give an mm -hmm. offering until you find somewhere else to go and lay your hat and then switch your tithe and offering to this place. Yeah. If you're not being purified, if you're not being challenged, you're not growing. And I... I don't like just being just there. I don't know. Yeah. I need growth. I need to be challenged. I want to be purified. I want to be a diamond. Okay. Mm. And the stages to be a diamond is not easy. Okay. Pressure. <laughs> Fire and then constant scraping off all that dead. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not even going to get started. Mm -mm -mm. All right. Question three. Yes. But you're right, diamonds are created by pressure, so good pastor is going to apply a lot of pressure. And, and I say, you want to be a diamond, turn don't be that, afraid of pressure. Turn that coal into a, a beautiful diamond. Mm -hmm. Is it okay for the pastor to have nice things if I don't? Well, I would say yes. It's not a competition or a race. So if your pastor has a Cadillac, I remember um, I was going to a pastor uh, church in Virginia, in Richmond, and the pastor bought like a Range Rover or something, and it said remnants on it, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I remember he drove it into the church and he was really, you know, happy to have his new car. And I was happy for him. I really loved my pastor. I still, you know, have a lot of respect for him today. And anytime I'm in Virginia, I go to that church. And um, 
you know, it'd been easy to think, oh, he has a Range Rover or whatever, or whatever, some really nice car, it might have been Mercedes, but I think it was a Range Rover, but he has a really nice car. He must be fleecing the flock, right? He must be fleecing the church, but he wasn't. He's a really good pastor. He had a salary and he saved up his money and he, you know, um, got him a car. So right, say, don't be mad because somebody was responsible with their money. Yeah. Exactly. And again, I think it also goes about uh, goes to the relationship you have. If you you want somebody that you love and cherish to have nice things, yeah. sometimes even if you don't, it's almost like the humble part of people. And so, if my pastor is pouring into me, I want him to have nice things. You know, it like again, it goes to the duties that it takes to be a pastor. We do not do <laughs> everything that a pastor has to do. Like, Very true. You don't hold yourself high to the standards that a pastor has to have to be a, a fruitful pastor. Yeah. So, kind of, I don't, I don't want to say cut the man some slack, but be humble about your decisions. Really have a good foundation of why you think the way you think, and read your word. <laughs> yeah. No, that's well, you, you make a really great point about um, the standards that pastors, we kind of read some of them, you know, yeah. not being a drunkard, leaving that cognac alone, mm. or drinking, but not, you can't get drunk as, as I was corrected, yes. right? And uh, just a standard, you know, that they have to live to jokingly, but the standard is real. Um, you know, we've all seen some scandal about a pastor, right? If a mm -hmm. pastor, I've really seen, I've, I've actually seen pastors get in trouble for disciplining their children like you're a pastor like yeah but i'm also a father and mm -hmm. she was acting up right so mm -hmm. the same things we take for granted the minute you put a title of like minister pastor or whatever on now if you do it it's held up to a super mm -hmm. high light and scrutiny making your life 20 times more difficult yeah. and in this case for doing the right thing because you're supposed to discipline your children so um and as a so body to consider yeah, and as a body of Christ, you know, we want to help each other. You know, he's still a man. You know, he still has to, his walk with or God. Woman. We have man or woman of God preaching and pastoring. So we want to help each other. You know, the world is going to tear us down as the body of Christ anyway. So yeah. why as believers are we trying to bring those worldly views into the body of Christ? Why are we trying to put a limit or a cap on the blessings of God because the blessings flow from the head. So if the head is doing what he's supposed to do, let him get blessed because the blessings are going to flow to you. You know, if, you, if you're aligned, you got to be aligned under, right, to get the blessings flowing down. So if you're in alignment, you're good. Now, if you're out of alignment, then that's the situation you need to get in check with you and the Lord. But you got to be under the pastor and to get the blessings that flow down. So right, some ending thoughts. Okay. Paying the pastor is up to the pastor in the church and whatever the church can afford. There is no max or no minimum to the amount, though it should be encouraged because as believers, we should want to uplift and keep our shepherd taken care of. Pretty much. Boom. Some good recap. Yep. Drop the mic. <laughs> Turn the lights off. Oh, <laughs> lights off. <laughs> Snap on. Turn the lights off. So, I think I think you, I think you wrapped it up. Yeah. 
And um, hey, you got to excuse this video. We've been it's it's late. This is the like it's like super late when we're filming this. So you know how you get it's late and you get like everything is just hilarious. So they're like, hey, this person got hit by a bus, and we're like, oh, that's so funny. So that it's that that late sleepy hilariousness going on. So, yeah, but, but hopefully you got something out of the video. Yeah. Um, should pastors get paid? Pay the man, pay the woman. Pay the people of God. It fills you with that job and that responsibility. I can yeah. guarantee yourself as bond would want to be paid and compensated. And we can never pay our pastors. And I'm, you know, we can never pay our pastors what yeah. they're truly worth. So, but hopefully we can give them enough to at least survive on and hopefully thrive on. Yes. Um, as they carry the most important burden on the planet, which is, is. Um, getting us to the next level in our lives and yeah i was just gonna say he is watching he he's helping edify your soul mm -hmm. and as a believer i want to grow and if my man of god needs something i want to be able to give it to him so that he can continue to pour into me because i want to grow and some of us will not do it on our own so you want to make sure your man of god is good to keep pouring into you because some people will not they will not go home and read the bible they will not pour get you know let the Lord grow them. So if if you need to support your pastor, then just do it so that you can continue to grow. <laughs> All right. I'm done. All right. That was a virtual mic drop. All right. Boom. So, all right, people. Well, I think that's, is that it? I am Portia Franklin. <laughs> I am we Johnny still have not said our name. <laughs> Please like, love, share, subscribe, comment. I guess it is. Check us out all over. Okay. Oh, if you want to receive daily encouraging text mm -hmm. messages, text STRONGER, the word STRONGER to 332222. Two. So there's two threes and three twos. So if you want to really <laughs> receive the daily text messages, encouraging messages and Bible Versus text the word so, stronger mm -hmm. to three three two two two. Okay. <laughs> Boom. All right, we out of here, people.